So this would be episode eight of Bearcat Recap. It would be the first first episode in quite a long time. I'll leave it there. But um, so Bearcats absolutely overwhelmed Temple uh, on Friday night, fifty-two to three. Uh, first, I think throughout the whole game, defense looked as we normally think it will look, but offense, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm couple drives you wish they kind of executed a little better um but overall what were your takeaways from the game other than the georgia transfer for uh, temple the temple's quarterback other than him kind of giving up partway through the third quarter i don't remember seeing uc overmatching a division opponent like this in recent memory even during like um even during kelly's laugh out loud rutgers ass whipping um that was sort of to start the year like years ago um this was sort of a manhandling from the beginning and you know the the talent gap from all this recruiting that we've really popped on over the last couple three years has really kind of shown through i i remember uc being on the other side of games like this from a conference level and i think of the ucf game where we sort of like called off the dogs after three quarters where we gave up yeah 51 to 3 f at the, at the half yeah no 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 that's usf oh you thinking of the, the ucf 50. where we hosted ucf and oh yeah it was like supposedly 50, the elements. Was, yeah, it was raining and it was storming. It was 51-23 at the end of three quarters. And basically AAC officials were kind of like, you know, hey, we kind of want to stop this game. What do you think? And both Scott Frost and Fickle were like, yeah, like it was 51-23 to at the end of three. Was it Fickle um, or was it Tuberville? No, that was Fickle. It was 2017 because it was the year that UCF went on to beat Auburn in the uh, – I don't know if that was a peach bowl, but whatever the G5 bowl was that year. But you're saying, I think, are you saying in general, like conference or division opponents? Because like, I mean, 2018, when they beat ECU, I mean, it was 56 to zero. Like, I do you mean yeah. against a team with a pulse? Because Temple could yeah. end up being bowl eligible this year, which is kind of surprising. Um Tells you a lot about Memphis. I, I, and Memphis a, a, a over 500 team coming to the table that had a quarterback that went 35 for 47 or something like that. Yeah, for, for north of 300 yards. Yeah. And yeah, Memphis is not. Memphis isn't as you know. Memphis might be it, terrible, yeah, but even against Tulsa. a terrible team. Oh shit! They lost to Tulsa. Wow, yeah, that was the um, late but, game. It was a nine o'clock game on on Saturday. They lost. To oh Tulsa. yeah. I, I think I saw that pass interference that wasn't called. If you saw that play in that game, uh, um, no, I don't think I did. Yeah, there's there's a, there's a ridiculous. But basically, the guy was face guarding him. The ball was thrown, and he was just pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. And clearly, the refs wanted the game to be over. Um, but 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 even if you're playing sort of like a kind of a crap team, thirty-five for forty-seven. I'm a, I'm like. Yeah, you figure okay, that guy, you're accurate. I mean, you're, yeah. you're accurate, right? I mean, well, I remember watching him play in the uh, was it the world's largest cocktail party, the Florida Georgia game last year. And mm-hmm. this is that's the one Florida won like 44 to 21. And I mean, the dude was, I mean, as soon as he got the slightest ounce of pressure, I mean, he was all over the place, like a- inaccurate. Um, well, that and, certainly that certainly manifested itself this game. I mean, yeah, I mean. It was it was interesting watching the defense because it's like there were two plays in the first half, and I believe they were both in the first half where he's rolling out looking for somebody, and he rolls out to the uh, to the boundary essentially, and it's like okay, not only is no one open and he's buying himself an extra you know two three seconds, but then Brian Cook and Wilson Huber immediately just close this gap and they just sack him because he's behind the line of scrimmage and he doesn't like throw it away, he doesn't do anything because he thinks he can like do whatever, but textbook form tackles they 
wrap up, pick them up, and then just almost drive them into the ground. Um, I mean, it's no surprise that the defense looks great, but my God, I mean, after what they were able to drive to the 30, Seven thirty-eight, and right, they got right. That, they got after that. the Christmas gift, the kicker got right. Well, that's what I'm referring to. It's like they get that crazy kick from the kicker, um, and then it was just lights out beyond that point, and is basically just giving it to the offense. I mean, also they muffed two punts, um, which is just wow. Uh, but it's like I just love the fact that our guys are there, just like, yep, no, we got it. They're not recovering this, or uh, it's and. Uh, just for them, for the offense to punch it in. I was, I was watching some of the, uh, the first few drives of the offense uh, today. And it's like, they get that field goal. Cause that's the one where Des takes that really bad sack where he just should have thrown it out of the back of the end zone. There's that. And then also there was a third and four at like the 40 where Trey, Trey Tucker runs like a five yard out and he's wide open and Des just like, I don't know if the alligator completely it. missed him. Yeah, yeah. Just really bad miss. And the I think, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, I, I mean, it, there are, it feels bad because the team wins 52 to three mm-hmm. and, and in the second half just came out. I mean, the offense just, yeah, what, it was 28 points well, in, in first the play. First yeah. play was Jordan. Yeah. Ford. But, 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 but I mean, so it's going to sound like, Oh, you're, you're nitpicking because yeah, it's like Des wasn't all that accurate to start the game. I mean, mm. Michael Young with that damn drop at the end of the yeah. first half. That like, I mean, I mean, if, if, if he doesn't sort of fall backwards in at the goal line, we pound it in for sure. Um, and, and I have concerns just about, uh, I mean, not that the rest of the schedule though, though SMU is is certainly going to have a pulse. I mean, not that I'm, I'm worried that we're going to, you know, we're going to lose. Um, be, the, though I should worry because you never know when something happens, but I yeah. think that the, the fact that we're dealing with these guys with five, six years that are still on the team, I, I, I would say that they're not really going to allow that to happen. Um, I mean, we do have people that are taking as professional a perspective on executing um especially on the defensive side of the ball, that it's really going to be, I mean, it would be hard for this team to not like show up for, for every game, especially with the opportunity that said they weren't as rusty as they've been in other games. And especially coming off of Notre Dame, you'd, you wouldn't be surprised if they opened up a little draggy because they just beat Notre Dame and, but for some accuracy issues, no, they weren't remotely that. I mean, this no. is like, they weren't that at all other than some offensive execution thing. Defensively, it was, they couldn't do nothing. I mean, Temple couldn't do a damn thing. Right. So. Um, yeah. And the, like, the only reason I bring that up is because like with fans talking about uh, whether it's uh, New Year's Six Bowl, college football playoff, which because there's so much chaos, CFP is, it is in the, disc- the fact that it's a legitimate conversation is fun. It's exciting. But I'm just saying, when you play an offense like Ole Miss or you play an offense like, I know Bama just lost, but like Bama uh, or Ohio State, um, especially, I think I would say, especially Ohio State, just because Ohio State has their receivers with Kara Wilson and Chris Olave, like, those guys don't really mess up. I know our defense is great, but it's like those are the types of teams where they're going to score 30. They might score 40. Like they're going to put up points and they're going to stretch your defense. Like, at, and I'm not saying that from a defense standpoint, I'm saying the offense has got to keep up. Yep. And you have it, to take advantage of whatever the defense, whatever those, lapses they might have. Go ahead. Those teams have four and five stars. They are awesome athletes that are highly skilled. Mm-hmm. and that are coached well that are take part in many cases dynamic offenses right they they are what we think they will be yeah. and you're right the offense needs to keep up and yeah i mean if if you say offensively where is our weakness generally it is depth and across the board on the offensive line that's the concern we've done well but it is not 
it is not the sort of offensive line that when, if, and when we get into the playoff that you don't, you have, there's a level of confidence that you have in this defense that in the playoff, you know what, they're, they're going to be fine. They will get challenged, but they will show up and do what needs to be done. And if they get beat, they get beat. The concern about the offensive line is, ah, they're fine. They're good. Mm. And they play, they play well. I just don't know if they're as like, I mean, they just don't have the, the waves of talent, certainly across the defensive front. Um, Right. And, and even where one, uh, you know, the weakness theoretically in the defense is our linebackers and our linebackers are pretty damn good. So yeah, exactly. I mean, it is the least, the least great spot, essentially. You can't even say. Yeah. And I, I hope like, it's not, I'm not saying the offense is bad. I'm not saying it's mediocre. I think the offense is pretty good. It's just one of those things where it's like, if you want to put yourself in this conversation of the top six, seven teams, that's kind of the sticking point of like, look, there are some teams out there that have no problem putting up 40. And I know like we I'm putting up 40 against pretty good teams. Um, so that that's the only part I come about it. I still think it's like, I think outside of seven teams, I think our offense is good enough to compete with just about anybody. Um, and, it, and so I was looking, I'm at, talking uh, like the top, like 1% of the, you know what I mean? It's just, so I was, so I was looking on Twitter today and someone, um, yeah, because UC was number three in the AP polls. Yeah. And people were playing out projected. Pat Forty might have even done it uh, mm-hmm. in his column. And he had UC as number three playing Iowa number two. I would take that game. I would take that in a heart. I mean, Iowa would be hard. They'd be a yeah. challenge. Yeah. But that is not like a, oh, shite sort of game yeah. that like playing Alabama or yeah. Georgia is really executing. Like, I would like Georgia. I would play. I would want to play Georgia. The only the only thing with Georgia is just like that defense is so amazing that because I, I don't our think, offense don't, is not. The, we don't have a dynamic offense. Yeah, that's, our offense yeah. is fine. Right. That that's the only thing because I don't like their offense. Like I'm sorry, I I don't like you're not running the ball 45 times against this defense and scoring 40 points. It's just not going to happen. No, I just don't. But it's one of those things where it's like. I'm not as threatened by Georgia as I would be, especially like if Bama, it just rolls through everybody and comes in with one loss and they beat Georgia in the SEC championship game and they still get two in, which I know is unlikely because people, because Bama's got problems, but um, it's just, it's yeah, I would, I would take Iowa in a heartbeat. Here's the thing with Iowa. I don't think they Iowa be a, is. Yeah, right. They got to beat Ohio State. They got to beat Ohio State. Ohio right. State is, they are doing the 2014, they are blitzing everybody they're wrong they've only played what Rutgers and Maryland and uh I forget the other team they put but like or Akron and Tulsa or whatever since the Oregon game but it's like they are okay okay they are all those four teams are all yeah they're all not hot garbage right but I think it's one of the but like I don't think Michigan's gonna beat them I especially Michigan Michigan State isn't that game this weekend Mm. Michigan Michigan State this weekend I think no, Michigan State plays Indiana this weekend, and then it's oh, Michigan, right. Michigan State. Okay. Uh, no, but I, I just uh, – the thing is, Ohio State's defense has problems. I don't think any of the offenses in the Big Ten, including Penn State, can keep up with Stroud, Wilson, Olave, and Travion Henderson. I just don't think they can um, because I think, it's, I think it's just the 2014 Ohio State thing again where Ohio State, <clears throat> they got problems. That team lost to Virginia Tech. That team played Cincinnati that year. That was the Gunner Keel 450 yard. Oh, uh, right, right, right. Or the, I should say it's really the um, Chris Moore game. Chris Moore game, yeah. For Chris sure. Moore making Eli Apple. Not, I know it wasn't Eli Apple, was it? Maybe it was because Eli Apple would have been a freshman or a sophomore. But I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I, I don't know which. But it's, didn't they have another corner who was drafted early? Like, I mean, they had Denzel Ward, but that was 2018, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, and he's actually kind of good, but Eli Apple's trash. Um, but essentially, like that team after that game, I mean, that team could not be touched because they just figured everything out. Their defense wasn't great, but they just were like, "Hey, try and not score us." But, and, but um, you also had, 
you also had a pro wide receiver, okay, and more. And Gunnar Keel, when um, you Before. know, when he wasn't when he wasn't cha- challenged with what appears to be personal issues. Right. <laughs> I'll edit myself, man. I'm not trying to get us sued. Right. Um, you know, he certainly was an arm talent. I mean, he wasn't a five star for no reason, you know. Right. So right, they get it together, they show out a bit, but you know the defense lets up 700 yards. Um yeah, well, and even saying they had a defense that year is a little much, but uh, but yeah, uh, one other thing I want to mention the kicking game, Cole Smith. So he hit a 30 yarder that he's literally hooking everything, like he's pulling everything. Um, and the 44 yarder wasn't even close, nope. didn't even like it nope. had they said they even said that it's like, oh wow, hit the pole of the netting to the left of the field goal um so yeah something's and clearly there's not kickers there's not like an obvious number two to just go to to move through it sounds like uh no sounds like smith does pretty well in practice he just gets in the game and i don't know if it's the yips or whatever it is but it's a problem yeah and and not that i maybe smu but i think we've got enough around that is that going to lose us a game unless we have this East Carolina fiasco after Thanksgiving and all of a sudden, you know, it's rainy and it's muddy and it's just a hot mess. Well, East, Carolina, East, Carolina, East Carolina is playing a little better. Yeah. But they couldn't break 20 against UCF and UCF is UCF is down. I'm not going to say UCF is bad. They're down a lot of guys like UCF. They're down there. Obviously their quarterback, they're down there starting defensive tackles. They got a linebacker and a running back in the portal. I mean, they're just kind of losing bodies, which is why I'm, I'm, I know the whole team is going to be up for the game this coming weekend. Um, oh, God, because, yeah. because of just what UCF has meant over the last three seasons where UCF has been pretty good. And usually when they play UCF, that's always like, okay, this is the game for the East division and all that stuff. And now it's like, it's the wounded dog and they want to put it, you know they want to put it out of its misery. Essentially. Yeah, right, right, right. Th- th- this is this is put it down convincingly, mm. and but but not only specific to UCF. I think with Alabama losing, um, and there are going to be other pe- there are going to be other teams that are going to lose. <clears throat> if if the kids don't recognize, like, look, all we need to do is we beat people's asses, and we got the bodies to do it. Yeah, we need to kind of destroy everybody. Yeah. So beyond whatever UCF meant in and of itself, I think that's why you know that Temple game, maybe a different year, is a thirty-eight to seventeen kind of game, where where you see wins like convincingly. The, the Houston the Houston game from last year, I think, was like thirty-one ten or thirty-eight ten or something like right. that. Right, but in this case, it's three. Right, in this case, it is style points and even in spite of that Prater played the whole fourth quarter, but no, I mean, yeah. we have to basically, basically the defense needs to hold everyone under 10 and the offense, you know, it better be 45 or more. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think of Prater, right? Just the twos getting it. Well, like, what'd you, yeah. What'd you think of them getting in at the, uh, at the end? I mean, I, I'm assuming Temple was playing their ones. I think if you played a game of our twos on defense, yeah, Temple might move the ball some more, but frankly, uh, there did not appear to be a significant drop off on defense. I mean, they had a couple, they had a couple big yeah. runs. I mean, just and it was a lot of misdirection stuff where kind of like everybody was biting, and it was. I think a lot of it not necessarily was because they didn't know what to do. I think a lot of it was just because like guys are juiced to get in the game and they want to hit somebody. Yeah, and, and they're no, so but, they're biting on. But even when they got, but even when they got to the goal line, I yeah. mean. The, the, you know, Jaheim Jaheim Thomas had that, had that great yeah. play. Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, guys were making plays, and ultimately, you get these guys that are retro freshmen that are coming in, that are making plays. I mean, one, I, I, I mean, that's coaching. But two, it's like we're just recruiting talented people that, yeah. when given the opportunity to make some plays and get in the flow of the game, they're gonna make some plays. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, while while there's some angst, I think about next year about what is it gonna look like. It's gonna be fun. Uh, it's going to be fun. Um, and I think, you know, clearly Prater needs to show something and who's our running back going to be. I think there's, um, 
we need to figure that out. But I think the bulk of the offensive line ought to be back. Vinny McConnell yeah. will be back, right? McConnell will be – unless he uses the extra COVID year, which I don't think is going to happen. But, I mean, I it feels like offensively, but for the line of quarterback, and the quarterback takes you so far, but defensively? Uh, I think I your mean, mic is rubbing up a little bit. Oh, sorry. Um, so I, – I would say defensively, though, I mean – why wouldn't you see have a really assuming Prater executes at some level comparable maybe to Des first year or something like that or first to second year? Yeah. I mean, this defense is still going to be pretty strong. And we got these kids we hear all about that are pretty damn good. There's just too much. To, I mean, you, yeah, you're just like, not going to get on the field when you got Kobe who's playing since. You know, since 2017, since Fickle yeah, got there. and and Garner's probably a mid first round pick. So well, yeah, I mean, because it's yeah, you got Todd Bumpfus, Brian Threats, Armorion Smith. You have um, right. Sam, Sammy Anderson. Like all these guys are like, yeah, they're really good. They're just they're the guys in front of them are just better because a couple of them are first round picks. Um, but it'll be a, it, it will be a dogfight to win it all next year. But I think it'll be fun because I know we have talent, and you'll see so just a bunch see. of see a bunch of new faces i mean yep. it'll be the same way that 2018 was fun because it's just like wow like all these new guys um but speaking of recruiting which will probably likely take a bump up uh we haven't done a podcast since the bearcats got invited to the big 12 so yeah uh there was an article that came out from pete dammel um because the two things everybody talks about with the entrance to the big 12 i guess three things if you include recruiting but the two other things are television money Cash. which yeah, cash and facilities. Those are like the two things. Um, so TV money, what they're making, like the deal currently with the ACC is seven million a year. Mm-hmm. But right now they're probably only making about three and a half to four, and then it will escalate as the years go by, um, or it would escalate. Now it's going to get probably slashed because with the probably top three brands in the American leaving, it's going to get renegotiated down for the remaining schools. But a lot of the numbers thrown around for the new big 12 money, well, they say it's essentially going to be anywhere between like 30 and 35 million. Once you take it and once you take everything into account, which is with what the new sec is going to look like. And the, um, like the, it's going to be a lot less than that, or it's going to be a lot less than the current Big Twelve, not Big Twelve, Big Ten deal, which I think the Big Ten schools make like fifty-six million a school, and then the new SEC will probably make north of sixty, probably 60, cl- right. close to seventy, because they basically have like every big brand um, in the southeast and just south in general uh, mm-hmm. in the conference. So. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they basically take the bones of the Southwest, the top of the Southwest Conference. Right. From back in the day. And so I guess there's thoughts of it. the first kind of piece of business would be the indoor practice facility, along with redoing the locker rooms. Uh, there are talks that the, you know, the locker room, an announcement will be made about something at the, after the end of the season. And finally, they'll break ground on renovating the locker rooms at the end of the season which was originally an $8 million project, got slashed down to four. A lot of people say that Fickle was cool with it being slashed down to four because whatever other funds is going towards an indoor practice facility. Um, So what were your thoughts in terms of facilities, TV money, recruiting, Big 12? I think think facilities are really important because Fickle, the university will need to continue to show for momentum on facilities or frankly, whatever Fickle need, says he needs. And it sounds like he's not unreasonable. Oh, um, yeah. He understands and, that they need some time. And, and, and there's, there's a semblance of a limited budget and develop, development um, plans, uh, money raising and development in the money raising standpoint. Yeah. Um, that, that takes time to execute, though. Um, but it's really critical that the university and Cunningham are hundred percent transparent on every step of the way here. Mm-hmm. And that fickles a part of it because as soon as he feels like, Hey, if I'm feeling like I'm not in the loop here, um, you know, there's, there's job openings that are going to come up. Like, right. like James Franklin supposedly 
high on the list at USC. When, no, no. Uh, our, our 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 boy in Baton Rouge. Um, wow. They, 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 and they think that Franklin would be that person. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Hang on. All right. So you said James Franklin. He's looking like he's going to be the guy. Ellis. He he's he's one of two. I don't remember who the other ones were, but if he goes to LSU, or whoever's going to LSU is likely going to be coming from an already similarly high-profile program. Is it good, is that person going to be coming from the Big Ten or some school that might be in Fickles? You know, one of the handful of schools that he might humor. Um, you know, Penn State's a risk if if he goes, but yeah. I think Fickle though. State of Ohio employee, highly compensated. You know how those, uh, you know how pension these pensions. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know how these pension plans work. If it's anything like the government, it's take the average of the last three years times the number of years, or, or in the one or one and a half percent times the number of years you worked in the state. It's like, oh well, yeah. So, you know, I mean, when Fickle decides to retire, and if he stays in the state of Ohio, I mean, he could fall out of bed every month taking home 50, 60 grand. I mean, just, just right. from a pension plan, if, if it checks out that way. So I, I'm just saying the university just needs to do what, what they need to do to just show him as much love and they'll throw money at him. But I think it's also just having him be part of the process as much as possible, just to, to show their value to him. Um, and, and, and I think Cunningham is, I think Cunningham's a pretty smart guy. I, yeah. I think he knows he needs to do that. Um, you know. Um, so. Yeah. Well, was the other guy wasn't um, Billy Napier, was it? The dude coaching mm, the raging Cajuns? Or I no 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 no. I I can't I can't imagine a pro- program like LSU going after um, G five. Well, yeah. I, I mean, unless it's someone that is just straight genius. I mean, it's going to be someone who's experienced some success. It's sort of like an up and comer at a probably P5 school. I mean, LSU, I mean, SEC, especially with this announcement coming of um, Texas and Oklahoma, the SEC is now just saying, you know, we are this. The premier yeah, college I, I football mean, destination. And, and almost like another leg up over the other four, and yeah. which, which I think we all look and see and say, yeah, except for maybe the Big Ten in a couple of years. Or, or, or you might have one or two teams like a Clemson or maybe, maybe a Big 12 team that gets frisky or something like that, or, or maybe like USC just decides to come up. Yeah, it's, I mean, the SEC is it. Now it's just going to be even more like the SEC is the have and the other four are the have-nots. But I mean, it, my, my big thing with Franklin is like, he's got the number one recruiting class right now. And... My, I guess the reason the USC thing seems so attractive to him because it's like, well, you don't have the Ohio State in your way, you know, you don't have like that that team in your way all the time, and it's also like, man, if you go to LSU, not only do you have whatever the the Ohio State might be, but like, like let's say Bama is your Ohio State, uh, you still got to play Arkansas, who looks like they're a lot better. Uh, you still got to play Ole Miss. You still got to play Auburn. Like, you got to play AM, like the, the easy game. And then in the future, you're going to have to play either both Texas and Oklahoma if they move uh, more schools to the east, or unless they do the AM Missouri thing where they just split one up. They split them up into east and west, unless they just Ooh. add them to the west and move more schools to the east. Lane Kiffin is a name that's being thrown around that he would go from Mississippi to. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's like I, I don't know. I don't know if Franklin. I know he was at Vandy, but I don't know if he really works at one of those big SEC schools. But he was in it, and he got. I mean, Vandy. What he won ten games with Vandy. Like it's like that's the last time Vandy had any. Was it right? Relevant I mean, at all. I mean, he's clearly a good coach. He could, he was like he won ten games at Vanderbilt. Like, yeah. Who the hell does that? I mean, yeah, I mean, that's not even that's still more impressive than what Stoops is doing at Kentucky right now. Uh, um, yes, which like Stoops could be at Kentucky for 
forever because well, he's, now, especially having beaten Florida and stuff like yeah. that. Beating Florida twice. Yep. Um, but you know, speaking of I guess Big 12 and everything, we can transition to uh unless you had anything else to say, but we can transition to basketball for a little no, bit. No, we can talk about basketball, yeah. So one of the other capital expenditure or capital projects that was bandied about was a basketball specific men's basketball specific gym practice gym because the one is they have now is like a bit of an all-purpose practice gym for uh multiple sports uh also since we last spoke got a new head coach got Wes miller coaching and he's been hot on the recruiting trail yeah what, um, what is it he, he he's he won the press conference and he still is in the afterglow of winning the press conference oh, yeah. winning, but but winning the press conference meaning it's everything before actually practice and the practice, right. I guess, has technically begun. Well, it's like that. He got, he brought players back that would have left. He brought, he basically brought three players back that were going to leave. Um, uh, what Mason, Mikey, and DeJulius was up in the air. I think yeah. Mason and Mikey put their names in the transfer portal and then people were unsure. People were unsure about. Uh, How much of a dumpster fire was Brandon? uh yeah it's pretty i mean we don't know the specifics and we'll likely never know the specifics mm-hmm. I, I mean all this stuff out there is like it's like death by a thousand cuts it's not one big thing it's a whole bunch of little stuff and it's like he's that bad well it's like and there was the stuff that came out in the justin williams article on the athletic that was basically from it was about like they talked about the conditioning and how trainers had to step in and a in a practice yeah. but for the health of the players um and there's so there's that but then there's the whole thing about they were texting recruits and talking bad about their own players yeah and not only were they doing that they sent it to the wrong they basically the story is that zach harvey who left the program <laughs> zach harvey received a text basically bad mouthing him uh that was intended for a recruit Whoops. and it's just like how do you First of all, you shouldn't even be doing that in general, but it's like how the level of incompetence. So there's that, but it's like Wes Miller, he's basically his, the three commits he has in his class. He's got the number 13 class in the country currently. Um, yeah, he got, he recruited Sage Tolentino, he's a three-star seven-foot big man who needs to put on some weight. Um, Development, developmental sort of the, Yeah, developmental big who's, who seems who appears, to have a pretty good have offensive. Skills. Yeah. Here's have skills, but. He needs to put it all uh, together. Yeah, body and stuff like that. Uh, but then he basically recruited the two uh, future wings of the program with Josh Reed, who's a 6'6 uh, forward out of uh, Atlanta, which shows that the Chad Dollar hire is, uh, you know, yeah. it's going pretty yeah. well. Yeah, um, yeah, I mean. And then the four-star uh, guard, 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six guard Daniel Skillings, who has like a 7'2 wingspan and is very has a very smooth game and dripping with potential. Um, yep. uh, yeah, so I, I think I think Big Twelve level recruits mm-hmm. and um, and they I had Rayvon Rayvon Griffith on campus, who's a four star twenty twenty three guy. He was on and, campus for the Temple game. And what is he? Is he he's like a local? Six seven, six eight, like what? Yeah, he's his, like six four. He's like a combo guard. He's a combo guard, but he's like, a twenty twenty three. Twenty twenty three, yeah. Okay, because there's a lot of people from twenty twenty three kind of showing up. I mean, I know they offered this top ten kid out of Missouri, hmm. um, along with a teammate of him in twenty twenty three. I mean, oh it, yeah, it feels Omaha, like Billy. Yeah, 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 five sure. the five star guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I see. I'm tempering my expectations. I do not want to get too excited because this could be a bit of a rough year because of all the new faces. As yeah. much as as much as we people love Wes, and I think the players like him, um, this is damn near almost starting over again. Yeah. And while there's some talent on the team, um, they just got to be able to play together and get there. I mean, you know, Houston still made the damn final four. I mean, I know a lot of people probably assuming a lot of people left. I haven't studied the rosters all that hard. I mean, their best 
two players left, but I don't know how many. I mean, they had a pretty good recruiting class. Like, they're still going to be good. Memphis yeah. is still going to be talented. I don't know how good they're going to be. I, I'm sick and tired of everybody talking about Penny Hardaway and how how great of a – oh, we got all these five stars. Dude had not know. The, dude hasn't is made Bates, the tournament. Is Bates a 2023 kid or two? Imani Bates is a 23. Ooh, he might be 22. I'm pretty sure he's 22. Yeah. I mean, um, at some point, you if you get these way out of sight talent sort of types, it doesn't really. I mean, you can oh no, he's them. he's on the roster. He's playing this year. He's playing this year. Yeah. So listen, yes, there will be a lot of talent at Memphis. They got to hold it together. But yeah. I mean, yeah. But he'll be there for. I mean, Bates will be there until he's not there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If that season does not go in the right direction. By, by middle of January, he's off to find it. You know, he's he working. doesn't already have the agent already. He's, working he's out quote unquote working out. He's prepping to potentially be the number one pick in the draft. Yeah. So. It's, and it's, but my kind of thing is like people talk about how like oh, they got five stars, they got all this, you know, Memphis. Like whenever I see the whole, all these Memphis fans saying Memphis should have been in the Big 12, it's hilarious because it's like, oh, our football team has won this. Their AD put out a thing of like, we're one of this many programs to win at least 18 games over the last 11 years. It's like, that's nothing. That literally means yeah. nothing. How many or not 11 years. I think he said like eight years, but it's like, they haven't made a tournament with all their top 10 recruiting classes, never made a tournament. Um, it, you, it's, you, you scheduled, you scheduled enough MEAC schools to. Well, I think it's like, they get the cheap. They'll play like things. Western Kentucky and lose. Like right. that's what happened last year. And it's just, so yeah, I'm not saying that we're going to be, beat up Memphis, but it's like this year is going to be – I think we got good players. I just don't – you know, you know, you have three, four guys transferring from UNCG, and then you have a bunch of other transfers from other places. And so I think they're solid players. It's just they got to know how to play together as a team. I think defensively we'll be a lot better no matter what. <laughs> so. I just want us to have – you know, if, if – I want us to, for this team this year, we need to enjoy the successes. I want to see that things are moving in a positive direction. There's not complete meltdowns. There may be some meltdowns in games, okay, because it is what it is. But you could clearly see, like, how disjointed and things were last year. I mean, in this COVID dynamic, it was was not easy to begin with, but – well, you know, you got Brandon walking off the court while yeah. his – I mean, this was the last game of the season, but Brandon walking off the court while the team is getting throttled by Houston in the tournament championship game, and his team is over there, like, shaking hands, and he just walks off the court and just right. like, what the hell? Well, I mean, and, and, and that's just where I just want to say, let's, let's just see that we have positive momentum going forward. We know we've got a nice recruiting class. I think they're still leaving one spot open for 2022. Let's – see how we get going for 2023 i just want to see us be just a more cohesive group playing well whipping the teams that we should be whipping and that's that's, and, the, that's the good thing is that there's a lot this reminds me of the 2010 2011 year where a lot of buy games a lot of games against inferior competition um where i think that helps getting a very inexperienced a very team that's inexperienced playing with together helps them build a lot of confidence. Don't get me wrong. They still have the MTE with Illinois and Kansas state and Arkansas. So they're, I mean, they still play That's Xavier. Fine. They still That's play fine. Georgia. They still play Georgia. So there's going to be like four or five games where it's like, all right, you're going to get tested. Especially I think the Illinois game is the, I don't know what the guaranteed game is. It might be Arkansas, but if they play Illinois. I mean, Illinois is good. Like Illinois, is, I mean, they were a top 10 team last year and they were spent time in the top five. So like they're gonna they're gonna play some good teams. Xavier, I'm interested to see what Xavier is like. Uh, but you know they're gonna play Georgia at home. But it's like, you know, I I love the additions of Hayden Koval and Abdul Adu because they are the two uh, active leaders and blocks in the NCAA. Yeah, yeah. And it's legit like, big bodies to defend right. the rim. Yeah, which right. I can't and remember. Which well, I can't remember the last one we had. Uh, yeah, because it's not like Kyle Washington was a. I mean, I mean, I mean, Gary Clark was a great defensive player, but he was not a he was a, he's like not a, a rim protector. Six eleven sort of right guy. Um, yeah, that's a good yeah rim protector. Yeah, I don't know because definitely one Chris Vote who is essentially a turnstile 
if he got like I mean Chris Vote was not a at seven one not a rim protector. Um, Nasir Brooks was probably more of a defensive player than an offensive player, but probably uh, are you saying right. yeah right? But I mean his his offensive game was he got rims not the strongest Ohio State and he's seven feet tall. Um, yeah, look uh, look it 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 happens. Not to seven footers, no, it doesn't. It ought uh, not, no. Yeah, no. Um, uh, but yeah, it's like you got what AJ McGinnis from, uh, yeah, AJ McGinnis from UNCG, Jarrett Hensley, which I'm interested in seeing because yeah. he was a four star, four star, yeah. six eight, can shoot. Who, who's supposed to be pretty athletic? Yeah, it's like so you got him. DeJulius is back, which is nice. Mike, yeah, uh, Mike, the, the kid from the kid from Clemson. Who's yeah, John get time. John Newman. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think, but uh, we got Saunders, you got Madsen, um, Lockin is healthy. Um, so the great I'm, unknown. I'm, I'm not. I I my expectation level for Victor Lockin right now is zero. I yeah, want him I to mean, do well. I expect nothing. Yeah, like I I don't know what to. Yeah, because like. I just remember all the stuff when he got when he got hurt last year. It's like, oh yeah, he got knee surgery. It's like, is he gonna be back this season? We don't know. Which basically, I remember when I was told that it was just like, or the, no, it was, is he gonna be back this season? Well, he's rehabbing, and it's like, so that's a no. Like, and then as soon as we got to like, I think it was first two weeks in January. It's like, hey, you know, he's rehabbing, and it's like, okay, so he's not playing this year. Just say he's not playing. Like he's not, he's not playing. So, so that's where, so, so Wes comes off as almost like being mistakenly too forthcoming with information, though he is likely not like with UNC Greensboro, he could probably be really forthcoming with information because it's UNC Greensboro, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's like, it's not big time. Well, now all of a sudden it's AAC and while the AAC isn't big time, all of a sudden in two years in the big 12, which is arguably, you know, give, give, you know, depending upon what the year is and what the other team's rosters, big 12 has been the best damn conference in America. Yeah. I mean, no thanks to, and frankly, no thanks to Texas and Oklahoma. Right. Um, exactly. And, and, it's and been a lot of times. So it's been like Kansas, it's been Baylor. It's been certainly Baylor, Texas tech, Texas tech. Yeah. Um, I mean, Oak state's yeah. been pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they, I know they had Cade, but like, even before that, they, were no, but, solid, but, 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 but Oak state has a long history, like yeah. way back, like so, way, way back. I think one of the first things we'll start to find out, uh, I, we might not find out at the beginning of the season who is going to be the go-to guy in the, you know, 10 seconds left, it's tied. Who's the ball going to? Because, look, I know he averaged 12 who, points who a game do last we, year. Who do we want it to go to? Or who yeah. do you think it will end up being? I think I think Wes is, wants to figure it out. I think yeah. DeJulius is going to take it upon himself more often than not. He will be lead guard. That that yeah. is what it will be, and I know people love and Jeremiah. that and that might be that might be the best thing. Yeah, you know? no, I mean it is because it's not Jeremiah Davenport unless you're kicking it out to him for, for a three, which is not a bad thing. Because, I mean, I mean Jeremiah Davenport as like, hey, he's a shooter and he'll hit shots. That'll be great to have. And a bunch of money. Yeah, I mean, but it's like he's not breaking people down, blowing past. No, nope. he's, he's just not. Nope. Just not quick enough for that, but yeah. Uh, the other guy I forgot about Odio Guama, who is going to come off the bench, he's from Wake, and then also uh, Jeremiah Davenport and Mike Adams was to round out the scholarships on the roster. But yeah, I'm I feel better because what from when's all the first what, when's, when's their first game? What from Friday it was 32 days, so I want to say it's what 29 days now. So, so like November 10th ish or something. Yeah, like that. something like that. Uh, yeah. So I'm, you know, because from everything with the Brandon postmortem, it sounded like Mike Bone just really wanted to hire Brandon. Um, that seemed like what he might have interviewed some other guys, but it was going to be. What was the time frame of Brandon's hiring? to bones getting hired at usc so brand was hired in april of 19 uh hold on mike bone 
I think here we go. What in six months? No, Mike Bone. He was hired November eleventh, so almost okay. seven months. Eight, seven months or okay. six and change. Uh, yeah. So it just kind of reminds me of Whit Babcock offering the head football coach position to uh, to Tommy Tuberville just like less than a year before he went to Virginia Tech, and it's just like. Jesus, we need coaching searches, people. We need them. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a um, it was a let me solve this problem fast. Um, There's a guy and, ten minutes down the street who's had success. Let me hire him. Yeah, I. Now that we are, but 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 so so this is what was strange the university had talked like we need to act like a P five school because the next time realignment happens, we are not going to be left. We're not going to be left out. Right. Yeah. So, so, so it's like, okay, well, we're not going to be left out fine. Um, yet. So while maybe we're getting facilities together, we're getting resources together. We do these sort of janky, coaching hires specifically not fickle for sure but yeah. specifically um the basketball transition with uh brandon and mm-hmm. i'm like okay that's that that was um <clears throat> that was either was bone really on his way out probably not but um it, it was that was disappointing the fact that cunningham i think uh took a longer view um it appears to mm-hmm. find this coach and and i do like the idea of the young up-and-comer um yeah. which which Wes basically is i mean yeah he's was he 38 yeah, yeah but 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 i mean 37 roundly re- but has won and won like a lot up to this point at, at yeah. a different level for sure but and but you know you you don't win at that level but that often by accident you know, you, you don't win like that, that long. And at a school like, like at, that. At a school like that. Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, it's luck. No, right. he actually knows what he's doing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Um, I, mean, I, uh, the last, I think the last thing I want to say is yep. we are in a, for the status of University of Cincinnati, we are in a pretty good spot with these two coaches in the sense that both of their dream schools don't seem to be giving up their coach anytime soon um because oh you don't think roy's you don't think roy's like gonna retire soon are you talking about roy williams he already oh, i'm sorry no 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 it's he Hubie. did retire uh yeah it's Hubie. yeah that's right he, yeah but but listen that could go south in a couple of years it could when we're hoping it won't yes um and then luke's every the everybody believes that the two schools to worry about with luke fickle is ohio state and notre dame um I've bandied about the whole thing with Ohio state and are, is the Ohio state brass going to be cool with a guy that wants trestle ball? Obviously you make the right coordinator pick. You'll be fine. I'm not saying Ohio state won't hire him. I'm just. I, I think, I think, I think he's got stink on him because as it relates to Ohio state, because he did coach him when, and when six, seven, and seven six or whatever their one year, um, and I, and I think that the idea is that he would feel, feel like a retread to some, mm. and that would be enough when they can say, why don't we just go hire this awesome mind, uh, to go do it. Um, and, but n- not that is day going anywhere. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, it doesn't seem like he is. Everybody was talking about how he's, he's, he's going to go to the NFL. He's going to go to the NFL and he seems Seems like Ohio State, he seems really happy at Ohio State, which, I mean, I can understand why. Uh, you have all the resources. You are oh God, yes. You are the Death Star of the North, basically. Because, um, I mean, because Alabama is the Death Star. Uh, but it's... Well, and, and you got Harbaugh right up the way to beat up on. I mean, I mean... Exactly. I mean, I mean, you have like these... Look, I don't these, like Ohio State... These, but the whole James Hudson thing, it's like every time Ohio State plays Michigan, I just hope Ohio State absolutely ruins them. Now, this year might be different just because I don't want Ohio State in the playoff or something, but it's just I hate Harbaugh so much. Um, uh, but the Notre Dame thing seems a lot more 
likely because I think Notre Dame is perfectly fine with going 10 and two, you know, I, I mean, I think the Notre Dame, well, they could go 11 and one. I mean, backers. They, they no, but I'm saying like, I don't think there are these psychopaths in mass at Notre Dame that will be upset. Oh, really? Hold on. You in mass and mass. Okay. I was going to say, mass. I saw a few podcasts or on videos after, on YouTube yeah, after they lost to of after they lost. And trust me, Notre Dame, has no, more than its every, fair share of psychopaths. Yeah, Jeez, no. Louise. I'm saying en masse. I'm saying Ohio State, I think, has, yes, you know, the, by an the, order of five, has more the, five. The, the, they're, they're, they're much more uh, psychotic generally. Yes. So, and, uh, yeah. So, uh, in, you know, Brian Kelly's contract runs through 2025. He's 60 years old. How much longer is he going to be there before he retires? I don't know. Um, Even if he's there three years, listen, if we get fickle for another three years, that is just fine. Yeah. That is fine. I, I'd love, uh, frankly, I'd, if, if he left after this year, I'd understand it'd suck. But if we have him for like another two to three years, fantastic. That means we would have had him for seven years, right? Yeah. Which is more than double the amount of time we had with like coaches that we care about. We cared in the past about keeping. Right. Um but yeah, I mean, and then so you know, you hope that these other two schools do reasonably well, so that they don't have to hire a new coach. Especially, uh, well, not I wouldn't say especially, but seeing how West Miller does with the new guys, it's like, all right, you know, you just hope Hubert Davis knows what he's doing. Although Roy Williams, you know, becoming a season ticket holder for the Bearcats, well, yeah. I, wanna, I wonder what that says about Hubert Davis because he seemed to really like Wes and I, I, I just think I think college basketball is just so different now where yeah everybody has to like go to the school that they're coaching at now like the, co- yeah. the schools want to hire I mean, coaches who are former players and have very little coaching experience Penny um, so uh, so yeah but that's that's the last thing yep I had what UCF October 16th at noon so not a lot of recruits that are going to be there i'm guessing you don't want to talk about the sunny styles thing because it seems unlikely but. no no I, I i mean i mean other other than sunny styles um putting up a whole bunch of eyes and a bunch of ex-players putting up their bearcat putting up them in a oh, bearcat yeah. uniform is on is twitter like, is it's cool. literally happening a ton now which is and travis kelsey probably being the first to really kick it off thanks very much did, I, don't, I don't know if jason did it i don't even know if jason even has a twitter account does he have a twitter because, account yeah yeah i i mean i mean he, he's a guy that had to supposedly when he signed a recent contract with the eagles he had to go to local kinkos to get it sent to him and oh, yeah, that's right. so so he, i mean he, even the the mountain man appearance might also be translated yeah, he's living to, that he is just cage, living page life <laughs> yeah i don't know about that. i don't i don't know if it's that <laughs> far off the grid right, but right. but he seems like relatively off the grid anyway all right well we could probably end it there went yep. a little longer than i thought but um but yeah, hopefully we can do these every now and then. Well, I know basketball, it's probably not going to be me and you. It'll probably be me and Bobby. Yeah, yeah, um, you're Broham. Bro, are you yes. serious? Are you, That's the uh, play you run? Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. Uh, but all right, I'll, uh, I'll talk to you in a week or so. Yep, Purse. All right, peace. See you. Bye.